Spotlight. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Fast am I. Good evening. It's Sarah Hendy here with you until six o'clock and I'll be bringing you creative news from around the island. This week we speak to murder mystery writer Martin Edwards and looking ahead to the R Island R World Festival, percussionist Peter Mitchell tells us about Ethio jazz band Agbeko. If you miss anything at all today, you can catch this episode on demand and you can also stream it or download it as a podcast on the Manx Radio website. Author Martin Edwards will be visiting the island to host a murder mystery night on Saturday the 7th of September at the Henry Bloom Noble Library in Douglas. Martin, thank you for joining us. Um, What's in store for this event? Well, uh, it's a murder mystery I've uh, I've presented in a number of locations uh, over the years. This particular one is uh, set in the 1920s, the golden age of detective fiction. And uh, there are a number of uh, suspects who will read uh, their uh, witness testimony to the audience. And the audience has to decide uh, who the uh, murderer is, uh, what the uh, uh how the crime was committed and, and what the motive was. That's the, uh, that's the nature of it. So it's a sort of interactive experience. The audience uh, listen to the evidence and uh, make notes if they want to do so. And then they, uh, they come up with their conclusions. Wow, so it'll be, it'll, it'll be like a real whodunit event. Yes, exactly, exactly. <clears throat> I, I'm guessing the story um, that we'll experience at the event will be different to the stories um, that you've published in the past. Um, but it, would, would that be right or can we get maybe some hints and tips and pointers, do our research <laughs> before we come along? Well, it, 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 it is a bit different because, of course, um, it, it's a fairly short uh, time span, so you can't um, fit as many clues into, uh, in, into a couple of hours as you can into a full-length novel. But, uh, but it's in the vein of the traditional murder mystery, the Agatha Christie-type story, and, it, and it's a, a period and a, and a kind of writing that's always fascinated me, so, uh, so it was great fun to write this particular murder mystery event. Yeah, I'm sure. And um, tell us a little bit about your process. How did you first become interested in creating these kinds of stories, and and where did you start? Because I, I imagine it must be it must be quite a journey you go on with each each book. Well, well, that's that's right. And there are different ways of doing it, of course. And different writers have different uh, methods. And and I've tried a number of uh, different methods over the years with what was my early books, which were uh, a, a series of books set in Liverpool with a detective who was a, an amateur detective who was a lawyer. Uh, I, I planned those. Uh, quite carefully before I started writing, and then I, I started writing a series set in the Lake District, uh, which is which is still ongoing, and that um, that I wrote rather differently because with with that uh, series of books, I started with the idea of uh, a particular motive for murder, so I knew who had killed whom and why, and it, it, it's always an interesting 
motive that that uh, that, that I want to explore in the uh, through the length of a novel, and and then I kind of work backwards from there. But but the, the Lake District books aren't planned in as much detail, and and of course the more that you write and the more that you publish, you become more confident. So um, with my latest book, uh, which is a historical book set in set in the Golden Age, set in 1930, Gallows Court, I, I didn't plan it at all, but I started with a character who really interested me, and, and uh, I wanted to write about and explore the, the mysteries of this character, a, a young woman called Rachel Savonake. And so that was a, uh, a very, very different kind of writing, uh, working it out as I, as I went along. But, but it's, uh, it, it's been great, and it's, it's probably been my most successful crime novel to date. Yes, and congratulations on that. Um, and I'm wondering, why why are you so fascinated with this era? Why are we all so fascinated with this time period, do you think? Well, I, I suppose there are a number of reasons, really. Uh, uh, what One argument is that uh, it was uh, really, particularly in the 1930s, it was a bit of an age of anxiety with what was going on in the world, and, and there are many people who draw parallels with what's going on in the world uh, that we're living in right now with all the uncertainties that exist. But, but I think quite apart from that, uh, I think it's more than nostalgia. I, I, I think that um, there's, there's been a return of interest and a resurgence of interest in, in the idea of the uh, interesting and ingenious plot. And so you see it in, in those Golden Age books by Agatha Christie and Dorothy L. Sayers and, and others. And, and uh, I, I think that they went out of fashion, not so much Agatha Christie, but, but all the rest of the writers of that period went out of fashion for a very long time. And, and now the wheel has turned and people are rediscovering these books. They're being reissued by the British Library, Crime Classics and, and, and others. And, and they're selling incredibly well. Some of, some of these books... Uh, reprinted after 70 years out of print are actually selling more than the original editions did, which is uh, which is fantastic. And I th- I think that that people are rediscovering the storytelling gifts of uh, of authors who've been completely forgotten. Yeah, and how wonderful that is. Um, yes, it is. And I mean, because you're writing about a completely different time period, that we, yeah. you know, we don't have access to different eras, but we do have access to different places. I'm just, I'm just wondering, how do you immerse yourself in that world? Because you must have to go into really quite great detail, especially, um, especially given the, the the sort of the the scenarios you're describing. Yes, that's 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 right. It is important to research because I'm very keen to get the the history right, and I've 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 really gone to great lengths to uh, to research to read a lot of books set in the period, so I get the mood of the writing. Um, and of, of course, the whenever you write a historical book, whatever period you're setting it in, I think inescapably uh, uh, something of your own times comes into it. I think I think that's true of all historical fiction, whether it's crime fiction or anything else. But but equally, I think that you can uh, explore the world uh, uh, that people were living in, try to understand it through exploring the characters, uh, and try to make sense of, of a way of life that, uh, even if we're talking about 1930, which is less than a century ago, it was still a very different way of life from, from what we're familiar with today. 
Yeah, and I suppose it'll be interesting to see how um, crime writers uh, manages. I don't know, I feel like time's going quicker. We're evolving so much faster. It's going to get harder and harder, isn't it, to uh, yeah. to kind of connect with yeah. different times. That's right. Yeah. Murder mysteries, it's quite strange that we're so fascinated by mm. um, stories which can be so, you know, violent or, or um, depressing mm. or, you know, really mm. genuinely upsetting. What do you mm. think it is about these this kind of literature that engages us so much? What are we what are we getting from it? Well, well, I think firstly the uh, nature of a of a crime involves conflict, and we're always fascinated with uh, conflict because although it's it's nice to have a happy and tranquil life, it's it's not necessarily uh, great fun to read about somebody else's happy and tranquil life. You you want a bit of conflict and excitement. So so I think there's that aspect to it. But but I also think that there's an element of trying to understand the psychology of people who do terrible things. I, I think we we tend increasingly to take a less simplistic view about these things and try to understand them. And and of course one of the questions that arises is is how much of the violence should be graphically described and that this this is very much a subject of current debate I, I think and uh, uh, some some very dark things happen in gallows court but but I don't uh, myself uh, go into uh, uh, graphic descriptions of the of the various acts of violence because that's not really what interests me it's the it's the psychological effects on the characters and what happens to them that's particularly interesting to me and and I think that uh, uh, what does interest me is creating uh, uh, an atmosphere and a mood of uh, menace and darkness, uh, particularly in Gallows Court. And, and I think that uh, it's always very rewarding if, if somebody uh, tells me that they, they, they felt it was uh, very violent, because it's, it's not actually. There's, there's very little violence actually described. But of course, I'm trying to create a, create a mood uh, that uh, that, that, that is quite uh, uh, menacing and sinister for the purposes of the uh, the plot and, and engaging the reader in trying to figure out what's going on. So, so that's my personal approach to it. I I, I don't like to dwell on the gory details, but I, I like to create uh, to create an atmosphere. So I, I should hastily say that the uh, the Isle of Man mystery will will not have any graphic violence in it at all. So it's it's a very uh, uh, it's very much in the uh, uh, classic. Agatha Christie tradition, if you like, and and you'll be attending the event. The event is coming back to Ireland. Yeah. Oh, fantastic! So I suppose this is a wonderful opportunity for fans of your work to come and meet you and maybe speak to you about your work as well. Is that? Oh, I always enjoy that. Uh, I've, I've I've always loved my trips to the island, uh, and uh, and of course it's great fun to meet uh, to meet readers. And and now I'm I'm lucky enough to travel. Uh, Throughout, throughout the country and, and, and overseas and meet readers. And it's, of course, writing is, is often said to be quite a lonely profession. Uh, and of course, you've got to get on with it. But it's also very gratifying once you've written a book to, uh, to go out and meet people who, um, who might be interested in, in reading it. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. We have Peter Mitchell on the line now from Ethio Jazz Band Agbeko, who will be playing at this year's Our Island, Our World Festival in Peel. And Peter, you've already had quite a busy year so far. Yeah, so we obviously, we did a big tour in February and then we've just kind of had gigs kind of rolling in since then and obviously doing summer festivals as well. 
So um, yeah, it's been it's been really crazy, and we've got actually gigs today um, in Cotton Clouds Festival in in Aldermont, Manchester. That should be uh, should be quite fun. And that's that's kind of your stomping ground, isn't it? That's where all of you are based. Yeah, in Manchester. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Am I right in thinking that there are eleven of you? How does it work moving around the country with um, with eleven band members? It must be crackers. Yeah, there's, yeah, it is nuts actually. So it, there's two there's two very fastidious drivers uh, in the band who, who do a lot of the driving, um, and then um, Illy, who's obviously from the Isle of Man as well, he lives in London now, so he often is getting the train to insane places. Um, there's been a few where he's like ran, <laughs> ran to the gig as well, which um, which is quite funny. But um, yeah, yeah, it was it is it is really fun, and um, yeah, we just make it work. You know, everyone gets on really well in in the band, and yeah, it's uh, it's just always good fun. And there's enough of us, like if you know, if uh, we are getting sick of each other, we'll just change the change the car in. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, I suppose it's nice to have that freedom in uh, in larger numbers. Um, and you, as yeah. you say, you and Ilya are both from the Isle of Man, um, but this is the first time that your band has visited the Isle of Man, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Um, it's quite funny, really, because obviously Dan, the trombonist, as well as my brother, he's also from the Isle of Man, and Jamie, the saxophonist, and he also writes all of the music. He's got grandparents from here, so it's quite um, cool that we're coming to the island for the first time. Um Yes, so it's going to be really, really good, and it's, we're really, um, really excited to be obviously um, invited by the Peel Centenary Centre and then um, Dave McLean to come and do it for the Our Island, Our World um, Festival. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's going to be really good. And I think the Our Island, Our World Festival offers us an opportunity to to enjoy music that we wouldn't otherwise really see here on the Isle of Man. How did you guys get into it? Because um, although you all come from quite different backgrounds and you all have different musical influences, um, it, is, it, is it part of anyone's culture, the kind of music that you play, or is it something that you've all sort of come by at various points in your lives? Um, it's, yeah, it's quite interesting. So obviously we all studied at um, the Royal Northern College of Music um, and Jamie uh, Stockbridge um, has always loved this music and he's, the, he's kind of written all, all, all the music as well. And he's, um, he basically came to the to Royal Northern to do a postgraduate um, and he just had this idea, and I think he's had the idea for a very long time to have, because um, he's really inspired by Stella Cusi um, who's kind of the grand, you know, the kind of godfather of of um, kind of the Afrobeat music, um, and it, so Jamie was just really like had this has had this idea and to kind of put this huge band together, so um, to kind of play this music, and so we kind of first started off doing like some ethio jazz um, kind of covers and some Afrobeat covers um, and some West African stuff as well, and um, and yeah, and it just kind of evolved from there really, and then you know Jamie's. Ri- started writing a load of new music. We had a couple of ben- members of the band leave um, and kind of, and then the kind of the, the band that we've had together has been the same people for the last two or three years. And it's just kind of grown since then. And people have got more and more excited. We've learned more about the kind of the music and culture. And, you know, now really the music's very inspired by Afrobeat, but then there's a lot of rock in the music. There's a lot of psychedelic, um, you know, it's, it's got a lot of funk in there as well. And a lot of us are kind of, you know, um, are inspired by those other genres of music as well. And that's kind of how the music's grown. So it's been quite interesting to see see how it's grown together. And obviously we have a lot of input into how, you know, how the songs 
kind of come together at the end as well. So it's a really good and interesting writing process as well. Um, but yeah, so that, I think I think it's the interesting thing is the, the the music is kind of growing with the members as well. You know, Afrobeat and Ethio Jazz had a it's it's heyday was sort of the seventies really. That's when it really hit the big time. And how did you feel discovering this sort of genre of music that um, was was such a big hit before any of you were even born? I think it's nuts actually, yeah, because it's, it's often one of those like a lot of people will know who Fella Cutie is and like know the tune Zombie, and I, I've heard it, you know, in like nightclubs and stuff, and like all, like different places, and you always kind of hear it in strangest of places that specific tune by Fella. Um, but then, like, I guess when you explore all of the rest of the music, you suddenly realise like a how crazy he was, and like all of the things that happened in his life, um, and how like it's not, it wasn't necessarily. Um, in like I guess you know mainstream even just music appreciators like a lot of people um, kind of overlook this kind of genre of music so for us it was really interesting to then suddenly be like whoa you know Jamie opened up the door to like loads of really really cool like different music that we hadn't heard before um, certainly to some of us anyway um, and yeah it's just it's just it's been a really really interesting journey and obviously the more that you kind of go down that rabbit hole, the more bands that you find doing similar things to us as well. You know, some of our biggest influences are a band called Antibala, um, who are a huge, huge kind of Afrobeat-inspired band. Um, and yeah, again, I think often the thing with Afrobeat is it's like kind of strength in numbers. There's always a lot of people in the band. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's always quite kind of in your face. And, you know, it's, it's quite political as well. Um, you know, the music that we write is political, but it's, it's political from our point of view. So we're not trying to write something that we don't really know about. We're writing something that kind of is affecting us as well, which um, I think is, is, is quite important in, in today's age to talk about these things through music as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, and here on the Isle of Man, we don't have the most diverse community. Why is it important to you that we have festivals like this where we can enjoy music like this from around the world? And and what do you hope we can learn from it? Well, like, um, so obviously I, I was looking at the bill, um, like when, when Dave first asked us to do it, and he, he filmed up most of the things, you know, having artists from Serbia, like I, I've, I've kind of... I know they're Baghdadis as well, and like they're they're a great band, and it's just really cool actually to be able to play on the same festival as them because you know they they you know all the stuff that they're doing is really really cool, um, and I think it is important. You know, I think um, music is is like a universal language, isn't it? And I think a lot of people can really connect through music and understand other cultures. You know, we, like like what we've done is we've understood a different culture through learning the music, um, which we wouldn't necessarily have done. Um, you know, if we hadn't started playing a different kind of music. Um, and I think it's it's the same, you know, to bring that music to, to, to the island, you know. Um, and I think the Centenary Centre is a really good place for that because they often have lots of kind of different different acts come there that aren't necessarily the ones that you go, oh, that's going to bring, you know, an audience, an audience, like an audience in guarantees. They take a lot of risks and I think, you know, if you're if you're not sure whether to go and go to the Art Island Art World Festival, I definitely recommend going because you'll just see some stuff that you may never get to see again on the island. You know, I'm not not even saying our band. You know, like the Bad Daddies are a great band, and you know, there's a couple of other bands on the bill as well that I checked out, um, and it's just really cool. And some of them are quite undiscovered as well. So um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a really great festival, and I think 
they're obviously doing workshops and stuff as well in the day to try and you know um, get some more people involved. And so yeah, I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a really good festival. Really interesting to see how the people of the Isle of Man kind of as always will accept this music and and it'll be you know it's going to be great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we're all really excited to see you here on the Isle of Man. And I'm just curious, um, you know, we've talked about the Isle of Man's uh, response and, and what you're hoping people will get from from the music that you're going to share with us. Um, what kind of response have you had from the Ethiopian community or the, the East African community where people from the places where, where your music originates? Um, well, yeah, it's because it's, obviously, like, it's, it's interesting because we kind of take influences from both sides. So a lot of the stuff that we've been writing recently has been quite West African. Um, and then obviously we have the Ethio kind of jazz influences on, on a lot of the kind of the sound of the band as well. So it's, it's like, to be honest, personally, I haven't spoken to that many people from, from those communities um, on our journey. So I'm probably not the best one to answer, answer this question. But um, we haven't had um, any kind of like, um, it's been really positive from the audiences that we've played to, you know, and there's been a lot of people um, who, we, who we've played with. So, we, the, for instance, the guys recently did a gig in, um, we did a gig in Manchester and on the wall. And um, there's a, there's a, there was an Afrobeat artist in town also playing at another venue. And a few of the horn players from, um, from Agbeko went and played. Um, they went to this gig after our gig and they went and played with Deli Sassimi, who's like a really, really big, um, a really big Afrobeat name, and I think it's really cool for someone you know who who's from that originally from that culture as well to like to kind of know of our band and then to get some of our players up on stage with them. I think that's quite a big statement as well to say that you know it's quite accepting um, of again you know of and it's just really cool to see to see that kind of come together. So I think we we were super buzzing after that to kind of to kind of see that. Um, and it just yeah, it's it's quite a big community as well. There's a lot of a lot of Afrobeat bands in, or Afrobeat inspired inspired bands in in the UK. So yeah, yeah, yeah. High praise indeed. Well, we can't wait to see you perform here. Thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, cheers. Thanks a lot, Sarah. Nice one.
And that's it from me. I'll be back next Wednesday at half past five. But in the meantime, keep in touch through spotlight at manxradio.com if there's anything creative you'd like to share with us. Next week, we'll be hearing music from Jali Kebasuso, who will also be playing at the R Island Our World Festival at the end of this month. Thanks for joining me. Have a lovely creative week. Slen you.